Welcome to Out of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neal. Hello. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've just been, you know, uh, some personal things getting in the way of my magic life, which is... Uh, Understandable. Yeah, it's annoying, right? Because magic's clearly more important than... Oh, dear, sorry, <laughs> being a happy and healthy human being. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just sort of like having a hard time like actually playing magic at the moment, which is uh, sort of sort of annoying, especially when you're you know the co-host of a podcast about magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing okay. How about you? Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Um, I haven't really played any magic at all in the last week. Uh, like I did like two Legacy Cube drafts, and then it was like my birthday at the weekend, which has been mm-hmm. taken up mostly by trying to like avoid real life stuff because I just I hate my birthday with a passion. Yeah, uh, you didn't even tell me when it was. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I found uh, out the day after. <laughs> <laughs> ended up getting the new uh, Spider-Man game on PS4 and just like played that for like twelve hours straight over my birthday, and it was sweet. It was really cool. Yeah, I think like because I I don't really I haven't had a game's got like an updated games games console in like five six years. Yeah, and I've never really cared. Yeah. Um, but I think with all the like seeing loads of people posting about Spider Man on time, like I'm really jealous of people right now. Yeah, I, that game looks sweet. I'm not massively into like kind of modern video games at all. Like, mm-hmm. they're you know mostly homogenous money sinks. Yeah, but it was like, well, the Spider Man game's getting good reviews. Like the last Spider-Man game that I played, which was probably like the one on like the PS One like years ago, was really cool and it kind of looked like that. And sure. I thought, like, come on, it's my birthday, I may as well, you know, treat myself. I guess. Uh-huh. Picked it up and it's yeah, it was a load, a load of fun. So if anybody listening has a PS Four who has not yet picked up a Spider-Man, I totally recommend it. Yeah, isn't that the reason to have a PS Four? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, it, it looks that really and, like the... Fortnite or something probably. Uh, Do you know. play that on a PS Four? I, I don't know. I don't know. Just trying, to throw, was... trying to throw in a reference for the kids. Show, Jesus show we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is not correct. I refuse to. Anyone, if anyone just, like plays Fortnite who listens to this, they should probably stop listening. <laughs> that is not the kind of audience I'm trying to cater to. <laughs> Uh, it'd be funny if I was joking, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that game. Uh, so I've, I've never played it. Like, genuinely never played it. Um, but whatever. We're here to talk about magic anyway. How's, sure. <laughs> how's your week of magic been? Have you managed to play any at all? No, I, I'm taking sort of some time off from playing yeah. paper, paper magic. It's, uh, yeah, there's like, you know, some things going on with me personally that it's making it quite difficult to sort of get out and yeah. like want to play magic. Like I'm still I'm still keeping up to date with the thing. Like I'm still keeping to date, up to date with all the sweet Ravnica spoilers and like uh, deck lists from GPs and you know reading magic articles and whatever. And I'm still like you know randomly tinkering with my DH decks three times a week for no reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just a lot of things like I, I'm just not sort of comfortable interacting with people who are playing magic because yeah. I mean yeah, I won't go into too much detail about stuff, but like there's been some stuff going on with me recently that like I uh, it's, it's just like so, I used to play. I started playing Magic to sort of get away from my life <laughs> um, and like problems I was going through. Um, like while I was at university, like had some quite bad mental health problems, yeah, stuff like that. And, and Magic was something I sort of did to get away from everything. So like when I was playing Magic, I was just focused on that, um, and I think that's why I got into it so uh, sort of aggressively, I guess. Yeah, um, totally. Like when people find out, I've only st- I started playing like when Theros came out. I think they're quite surprised considering my collection and my like sort of how deep I am in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's something something I did to sort of get away from like crap that was going on in my actual life. Um, 
and I guess at the moment, unfortunately, those sort of things have started to intermingle a bit too much. Uh, and I think my personal life, my magic life, are getting a bit too sort of intertwined. Sure. And yeah. I feel like I can't really go and play Pokemon Magic without dealing with my own personal problems. Yeah. Um, and I don't want that to happen. I want magic to be. Not that, you know, it's sort of the place where I go to escape reality in some kind of unhealthy way. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I mean, it definitely was for a long time. Yeah. Um, but it's something I just go to enjoy. It's just, just you know, just let off some steam and just focus on something that isn't... Yeah, totally. Sort of like, it's, you know, it is... It's a it's a, meant to be, like, a fun game at the end of the day. And, like, Absolutely. it is, like, very much, like you say, like, like I don't know if, if, like, escape is kind of, like, too strong a word to use, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I definitely understand what you mean, like, when you say that, like... Um, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, like, you find that it can be used as a way to sort of, like, you know, forget all the crap you've got going on and just, just concentrate on the game. And it's, yeah, it, it's good. It is, it is good for doing that at times, I've found. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, there's just... It's sort of... It's been quite difficult, sort of, uh, having to... Yeah, because, like, the thing, the things going on with me, like, are they not something I've properly addressed, like, you know, publicly with a lot of people yeah. and, like, with people I regularly play Magic with? Um, and it'd just be sort of difficult to have... Because that would... That, that kind of stuff would be constantly going through my mind, whereas I... So I just wouldn't feel comfortable sort of, like, being out playing Magic with... I don't know, I'm being very vague about stuff, but basically I'm just not sort of feeling playing Paper Magic yeah for sure I'd sort of rather be doing other stuff with my time yeah like on a Friday night (laughs) (laughs) rather than just sitting in sort of like a smelly room (laughs) but I'm still I'm still keeping up to date with Magic I just I just don't really want to play it at the moment cool yeah I just uh, I think these things happen from time to time and yeah. I think I think it's good that you can you know you, you can sort of see that like oh hey maybe I do need to sort of take a little step back and or maybe sort of reevaluate how I'm doing things and stuff and yeah I, I think I think it's a perfectly healthy thing to do to be honest yeah so instead I've just uh, redownloaded a cockatrice on my laptop <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna do that instead and just sit in my uh, sit in my flat and do it um, but yeah it just means like instead of like sort of allotting time during the week to go out and play magic and go out and draft and whatever I'm just sort of using it to hang out with family and hang out with friends yeah. Um, in a sort of more comfortable environment for me currently, which has been yeah, really nice. Good. Uh, and then, yeah, while I'm at work, I do magic stuff instead, <laughs> <laughs> which is the correct time to do magic stuff. So, how was your week of magic? Yeah, like I said before, just very minimum to be honest. Like mm-hmm. Legacy Cube is up online at the moment, so I did a couple of drafts, but my real life stuff has has gotten in in the way this weekend. <coughs> um, obviously, you know, a much different way to to your real life stuff has, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just being like having to do things because it's my birthday, and you know, I guess the rules of life or society or whatever to dictate that like people that care about you have to come and see you and interact with you when you don't really want to do that. You kind of just want to play magic. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's sort of a that's sort of the problem with having you know family and friends that care about you. Yeah, exactly. They want to like spend time with you, which is really annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like really cuts into your magic time. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's been pretty much been non-existent, but we've got store championships coming up this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of really looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to play the standard one locally and just run back the standard deck that I played at Nationals. So I've done one or two sort of tweaks of it to kind of make it slightly better against like the like the red decks, I think. So we'll we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But I'm Sweet. looking forward to it. It's been a while, a while since I played. Star. I mean, 
I think Nationals was the last time I actually played Standard, so we're looking at like a month now since I've last played. Can we like start the show without just saying how unqualified we are to talk about Magic? <laughs> uh, I mean, we will at some point, I'm sure, but that's not this week. <laughs> no, no, I'm still like I'm still very much invested in Magic, just not the physical playing with cards. So, <sighs> so with that introduction this week out of the way, let's get on with. Rather exciting cracker pack, hopefully. Yeah. So our main topic this week is going to be see Ravnica. It's one cool thing that we've got coming quite soon to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, you know, rather than kind of keep things on a downer with an M19 pack, let's yeah. go. I mean, almost said old school. It's not really old school. It's not even the first time they went to the plane. Let's go <laughs> relatively old school with a return uh-huh. of Ravnica pack this week. Sweet. I'm very excited. Yeah. I love this set. Me too. Hopefully it's a eclipse of cool things to come. Uh, I'm really excited for you to open the foil death out, shall I? That'd be so good. That'd be so good. Uh, so first up, we've got Terrace Worm. That is six and a black for a five-five zombie worm, which has Scavenge, which is six and a black. Uh, you exile this card from your graveyard. Put a number of plus one plus one counters equal to this card's power on target creature. Scavenge only uses sorcery. That is by default the pick. It is by default the pick. I don't think it's going to end up being the pick, but I mean, there are probably worse creatures to pick. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I remember, like, I really enjoyed the scavenge mechanic, and it's kind of like a shame it's not coming back. But I, I do think we do, we will be getting some quite cool mechanics. Yeah, I think the problem with scavenge is that they were so scared that it was going to be broken. Yeah, that it felt a little bit underpowered. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like it's. I think it's fine for limited, but in terms of like seeing any real constructed play, it was just they were so scared of being broken. Yeah, but, I guess all all it takes is you know, sort of one or two cards to be sort of too powerful, or like scavenge cost to be too good, and then mm-hmm. you start like chain and scavenge creatures into each other, and yeah, I, I could I could see that for sure. I mean, the best scavenge card is Varrells, and that doesn't even technically have scavenge. Yeah. <laughs> so. True. Cool, so next up we have Chorus of Might. That's three and a green for an instant. Until end of turn, target creature gets plus one, plus one for each creature you control and gains trample. Uh, that seems better on the worm. I think I would still be on the worm at this point. Um, I mean, currently we don't have any creatures, so Chorus of Might is just <laughs> like plus zero, plus zero. <laughs> I suppose that is that is literally true. Sure. <laughs> so I think I would pick the worm, but I do think Chorus of Might is probably more playable. Yeah, I think just in in a general deck, I'd rather play that than yeah. the worm. Sure. Cool. Next up, we have Frostburn Weird. That is, uh, it's two hybrid mana, so it's blue or red or blue or red for a one-four weird, and you can play blue or red, and it gets plus one, uh, minus one until end of turn. Uh, I think I like this best so far. Yeah, me too. I really like the weirds. Um, we haven't seen any weirds so far from the new uh, spoilers we've seen for the new Ravnica set. I'm really hoping that we're going to have like at least one. I'm going to be uh, an adult about it and not make the obvious joke. What would the obvious joke be? The fact that we haven't seen any weirds yet is quite weird. Is it? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm mainly ashamed that your joke is better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it, 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 it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's please quickly move on. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, yeah, Frostburn Weird is the pick so far. Mm-hmm. Come to our next card on the back, we have Sundering Growth. That is another hybrid card, <laughs> so it's green and white, or green and white for an instant. It's destroy target artifact or enchantment, and then populate. It's a sweet card, but it is 
sort of strictly a cyborg card. Yeah, I agree there. Definitely still on the Frostburn weird plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up we have Sewer Shambler. It's two and a black for a 2-1 zombie with Swamp Pork. And it also has Scavenge for two and a black. Was this the last set where they did Landwalk? Quite possibly, yeah. Swampwalk? I don't see that these days. Yeah, we don't. Uh, I think this is worse than all the, the weird, though. Yeah, I think so. Like The weird just blocks it in combat all day long as well. And it's, it's mm-hmm. cheaper, more versatile. Yeah, I think I'm still on the weird here. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Next up, we have Drudge Beetle. It's one and a green for a 2-2 two, two creature. It's an insect. And you scavenge for five and one green. Uh, it's just a two-two. It's just a bear. Yeah. Um, and at six six mana for two one-one counters isn't really where I want to be. Yeah, I agree there definitely. Uh, so next up we have doorkeeper. That is one and a blue for a zero-four homunculus. It has defender, and you pay two and a blue and tap it. Target player puts the top X cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard, where X is the number of creatures with defender you control. Uh, this is not the format for this card. No. There aren't that many defenders in this particular set. No, there weren't that many, but like, if you can pull that deck off, it is really fun. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. With Axe Guardian and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I think that gets better the more with the, the whole block, when you're drafting the whole block, rather than just uh, which I'm for itself. Yeah, I, I agree. So we're still on the weird plan there. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up... Uh, we have Lobber Crew, that is two and a red for a zero four Gulfin Warrior with Defender. Uh, you can tap it, Lobber Crew deals one damage to each opponent, and whenever you cast a multicolored spell, untap Lobber Crew. I was wrong. Draft the <laughs> <a> doorkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is fine. Yeah. I don't like it more than the Fosbury Word. Yeah, same. Like, I think I prefer the doorkeeper to this. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the Frostburn Weird is just better. Yeah. Cool. Next up, we've got Mind Rot. That's two and a black for sorcery. Target player discards two cards. So, mm, this card has. It's, it sort of waxes and wanes and how good it is in a format. Yeah, for sure. Um, depending on where it's printed. And to be fair, I don't know much about this actual draft format. Is because I mean, because Mind Rot could be simultaneously great and terrible, depending on the format. So yeah, I didn't draft this format a lot, but I. I can't imagine Mind Drop being great in this format when you have, like, scavenge creatures. Ooh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, like, there are, like, you know, plenty of creatures or plenty of cards where you just get value from them from being in your graveyard, so I don't think Mind Drop is necessarily great. Like, I think it's always going to be playable no matter what format it's in, but mm-hmm. I don't think it would be a, a very amicable first pick here. Sure, I can, I can agree with that. Cool, so next up we have Seller of Songbirds. That's two and a white for a 1-2 human. And then in the battlefield, you put a 1-1 white bird creature token of flying onto the battlefield. <clears throat> I think I value this card too much. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd take this. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah maybe you do then. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I I think I'm kind of in the opposite direction where like I don't really value this card that much at all. Oh, well. well I, th- I just think like two bodies for... Two bodies for three mana is just. I, they've always been. I don't know. Maybe I'm just sort of um, respecting the 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 ones we've seen recently, the versions we've seen recently. Yeah, uh, Ixlan and I think uh, you. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're probably right as far as like the evaluation of this card goes. I I just don't really respect the card. Like I don't I don't think it's that good. 
but is it because it's a Lesnar card? It's yeah, probably. Probably, to be honest. Like, yeah. I I like this card. I think I'm going to take it just to just to spite you. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, so next up, we come to our first uncommon. That is Sphere of Safety. That is four and a white for an enchantment. Creatures can't attack you or a planeswalker you control unless their controller plays X for each of those creatures, where X is the number of enchantments you control. Uh, I do not want to take this card. Uh, no, I also don't want to take the card. Like, I think it's a perfectly playable card in this format. Uh-huh. Uh, I have definitely played it before in like a blue-white deck, but yeah. I think it's one of those cards that you will just kind of like pick up a little bit later on because like that's probably probably going to wheel and at that point you'll be able to decide whether or not you're going to go heavy on the enchantments Mm -hmm. yeah I don't I don't like this card no so you're still on the seller of songbirds yeah still firmly on that frostburn weird Mm -hmm. Uh, next up we have Rick's Mardi Guildmage that is one black one red for a 2-2 human shaman Uh, you can pay black red target blocking creature gets minus one minus one kind of turn or black-red, target player who lost life this turn loses one life. Mm, I don't think I want to be putting myself so firmly into Rakdos with such an underwhelming card. Yeah, I, I agree there, definitely. Like, I don't think it's a particularly bad card. Like That first ability of like, giving blocking creatures minus one, minus one is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of those cards that you kind of want to establish yourself in a Rakdos deck like, with something a bit better before you go with that. Yeah, I, I'd want to sort of be in a Rakdos deck and then pick this up as a sweet include rather than like build my deck around it. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So still with our picks, we come to our last of the uncommons, and it is Azorius ju- uh, Justice Justice here. Just a here. Just a here. Any number of those. I've been just yeah. Justice here. Justice here. I'm really unsure how to pronounce that word. It's a strange one. Justice Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Years of Justice. Cool, so it's 2 and 2 white for a 2-2 human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, detain up to 2 target creatures your opponent control. And that is until your next turn, those creatures can't attack or block, and their activated abilities can't be activated. Yeah, I like this quite a lot. Yeah, this is a good card. This is great. I'm just slamming this, I think. Same. Absolutely slamming this. Justice here, Justice here, whatever it's called. (laughs) It's good. This person. Cool. I mean, yeah, it's just good. Come to a rare. Ooh, okay. That's... Hmm, that's interesting. So a rare is Detention Sphere. It's Ooh. one white and blue for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-land permanent, not named Detention Sphere, and all other permanents with the same name as that permanent. When Detention Sphere leaves the battlefield, return the exile cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. Well, I guess we're slamming that instead. Yeah, probably. I mean, just like O-ring with upside. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean it's just great. Um, yeah, I love Detention Sphere. I think it's a great card. I do like the Justice here, but Detention Sphere is great. That's not it's coming just, back just, if you pass that. Well, exactly, and just like a straight, well, I suppose it's answerable, but like a, a straight removal spell. Yeah, it's just what you want. Cool, sweet. What a great set it was! Absolutely fantastic set. Mm. I really, really think that you know any Ravnica set they've done, to be honest, has been great. Like. Dragon's Maze included. I think like Dragon's Maze gets a really bad rep for like where it was in regards to standard at the time, or like even like where it was in regards to like modern. But as mm-hmm. kind of like a standalone set, and like even for like the limited format, it really wasn't that bad. That had voice resurgence in, right? Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah, therefore I love that set. Yeah. 
Yeah, because there was a time where obviously the most expensive card was Voice of Resurgence, and like the second most expensive was like the token that it made. Yeah, <laughs> I think that still might be true. <laughs> I think Ralzarek might be slightly more than the token now, but but yeah, like I think Dragon's Base wasn't great, right? It wasn't great. I mean, yeah. Aren't we like? Don't we as magic as magic players have to universally just slate that set? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> It did have Maze's End, though. That was a great win con. Disagree. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that says that should just stop it. <laughs> it's a meme, and it's not a good one. <sighs> one card. One card they reprint in uh, Guild of Ravnica. Or, I mean, I guess it's going to have to be Ravnica Allegiance. But yeah, one card they reprint. Maze's End makes the top of the list for me. Maze's End. Yeah, sure. Approach of the second maze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, do you have a card of the week for us this week, Sam? Uh, yeah, I did, and then I guess you, we were going to talk about it anyway, obviously. So I picked a different one, so you can talk about it. Sure. <laughs> um, so, my card is March of the Multitudes. Cool. And what does that do? It is X, uh, green, and two white. Yeah. For an instant, with Convoke. So, your creatures can help to cast the spell. Each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for a generic mana or one mana of that creature's colour. It says, create X, one, one, white soldier creature tokens with lifelink. It's pretty good. So obviously I picked up a Selesnia card. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot. There's a lot I want to talk about this card. Yeah. Um, so this is sort of like the Selesnia Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah, totally. From Return to Ravnica. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a Grimoire X spell, and I think this is going to be playable. I would agree. Um, so it's really sweet. So. So we had Secure the Wastes yeah. from Dragons of Tarkir. Yeah. Which was X and a single white to make just one one warriors. Um, this costs three color power instead of one, but it has Convoke. So each one you cast after this becomes easier to cast. Yeah. So if you cast your first one, the second one becomes cheaper because you have the soldiers you made uh, to help cast with Convoke. Yeah. And the, the tokens have a lifelink. Yeah. Which I think is is very important. Um, but part of the problem, obviously, is that this is really, really bad against Chainwell attacks. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure how playable Chainwell is going to be um, with, you know, all the... Uh, a lot of the, the current iteration of the modern red deck rotating out. Um, but I think this card's really sweet. I think this, this is definitely going to have a home, like... If we see as much um, sort of token creation as we did in Return to Ravnica, yeah, I know that like populate was the mechanics. So that's what we had so much, yeah. um, so many tokens in that set. But I think this is gonna be very playable. Yeah, between like saplings and and this, like you know, there are certainly tokens. Like we've seen like other cards in the set that have been spoiled so far that create tokens as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Obviously, Chain Willer is is an issue. It's still going to be an issue because there's plenty of goblins. Like mono red goblins could be a thing, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of whether or not it's a thing. Chain Willer is still a very good red card. Yep. So I I don't know. It it really depends on what happens with Chain Willer. Yeah. But if it is safe to play this card, then I think this card will see a lot of play. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's going to at least exist in a standard. For a year without Chainwell? Uh, yeah, that's correct, yeah. 
once Dominaria rotates out. Yeah. So it might have a time to shine then. Um, I mean, I don't hate it as like a physical kind of control deck. Yeah. That's just being a win condition. Because uh, I mean, you, if you cast this for like five, then you stabilize pretty quickly with your life linking soldiers. Yeah, true. Uh, and I would also very much like to talk about the art. <laughs> <laughs> the art on this card is sweet and is the most lesbian thing ever. Yeah, it's really cool art. Because you've got the. Um, oh, what was the card from Return to Africa? Grove of the Guardian. Yes, yeah. That The token that made, they're in the background. Yeah. I'm assuming this is meant to be Amara in the front? I would assume so, yeah. Amara Tandris. Uh, you've got some wolves, they're pretty sweet. A centaur, you've got the soldiers in the background. Yeah. And then between the soldiers' legs, you've got Fubblefoot. Yeah, there he is. Oh, I've totally lost. Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, a sweet little a sweet little callback. Yeah. Um, and he looks incredibly lost <laughs> and, and worried. I just think that's a sweet little link to like I think sort of the, the flavour of magic has been going from strength to strength recently. Yeah. I and it's agree. just nice to just like sort of very very select new card, like the you know, that's very obviously what it is to yeah. be a green white card. And then you have the little the little homunculus just sneaking in there. <laughs> it's just one of the many reasons why we uh, uh Ravica is everyone's favourite player. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was a really, really cool little include to have them at the bottom. Like. Yeah, I love it. I thought it was great. Like, I'm really hoping that we see more of, like, if not football first, then like other homunculi throughout the set. It'd be really sweet if it's just like he's like an Elisa egg, and, like loads of cards. Yeah. You just have to sort of find him in the arm, like a sort of where's Wally thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's where's Fibblefoot, but he's just hanging out in the back of some cards. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this card's really sweet. Um, and obviously, I was going to pick the Celestia card with Convoke. Yeah, because I am super hyped about Convoke, but we will get to that in the main topic. We will, yeah. So, what is your card of the week? Uh, my card of the week is also a card that I think is pretty exciting and definitely mm-hmm. very playable. So that is Assassin's Trophy. Oh boy! Uh, it's one black, one green for an instant. Destroy target permanent and opponent controls. If its controller, its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield, and then shuffle their library. Well, it seems uh, quite quite good. Yeah, like that's it. No, there's no like oh you know, do this only at sorcery speed or you know exile this card after you've cast it or like yeah mm-hmm. two mana destroy a permanent. A permanent. Could, Not even an online permanent. Could this be the best removal spell ever printed? Uh no. No. Uh mm, cost two mana. It does. Destroy target permanent, though. Yeah, I mean, so did you have, since since I've graciously gifted this to you as your card of the week, <laughs> um, do, you, do you have anything to say before I, I shoot off into a sort of spiel about it? Uh, I, I just think it's very good. I think it's very playable. It's one of those cards that is just, you, know, you, you read the card and you're like, well, that instantly will see play in every format that's legal in now. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad it's a rare as well and not a mythic. Absolutely. Uh, that's I think that was kind of like a key point for this card. Like keeping it at a rare is good for the value of the set because this card is going to be playable everywhere. It's going to maintain a decent price point. So, like, I, uh, yeah, like, I, it's at the worst. Like, it's never going to be less than the price of a pack. Absolutely. So you're always going to get your money's worth out of it as far as like that goes. It's playable everywhere. Yeah, it's just a really powerful card. Yeah, I think, like... So, I think when everyone saw this, they just went, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. um, it's rare that we see a card that you 
we sort of immediately look at it. When our bats are incredibly playable, it normally takes at least a couple of you know a couple of weeks or like at least the first couple of weeks of the actual format. Yeah, or like to, a, oh well, this will be playable if this isn't playable, or if you know this can go here or this can go there. Whereas you're right, like this was universally everybody read the card and went, yeah, this is good. Yeah, that's the thing. So because you know uh, when Goblin Chainmail was spoiled, we're like, this is probably quite good if it turns out to be a red deck or a yeah. goblin. Oh, okay, it's just the best card. Or Teferi, it's just like, oh, this is, you know, probably pretty playable. It's like seeing playing Legacy. Yeah. Um, you know, when we first saw them, we were like, oh, this is probably quite good, but we'll have to see it in place. So this is just objectively going to be great. Yeah. Um, this is objectively going to see play in standard, because it's going to be the best removal spell we have. Uh, I think, um, I mean, it's better than Brassel to attempt, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's in two colours, but I think with the current mana bases we're going to have, with the shock lands and the check lands, um, having splashes and stuff is going to be very, very easy. Yeah, I think it's fine. So this deals with it's permanent. You can blow up lands. Yep. So I think I think the the sort of direct comparison is Abrupt Decay, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. Because it's a black-green instant that destroys something that's from um, Return to Ravnica. But this doesn't say convert mana cost to real less. Yep. Uh, it doesn't say non-land permanent. Yep. It doesn't say can't be countered. No. I don't think that matters. <laughs> no, I think... See, we discussed this a little before we, we hit record like I I think really the only place where that's going to change anything is, is in Legacy like I think mm-hmm. this card is very playable in that format uh, like Abrupt Decay sees play in Legacy like already in, like in sideboards like it, it's a decent card mm-hmm. I think this card could be good enough to sort of see a bit of a shift back into like uh, like decks that are playing black green that have slightly fallen out of favour since Deathrite Shaman's Bannon. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think spells good things for you know control decks and decks like Miracles because where Abrupt Decay would have been in that slot, which couldn't have been countered, this one obviously can be countered. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can blow up your lands, though. <laughs> that is true. They can kill your lands. They can kill your Teferi. You know. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So this is going to be. It's going to be very playable in standard, but entire time it exists there. Two mana kill your planeswalker. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, modern, I think this might be a resurgence for the black green decks. Yep. Because we've seen we've seen Jun the sort of drop off a bit. Yeah. Um, in recent times, but I think just having this sort of universal removal. I mean, it's, it's it's important to remember that it does have a sort of drawback. Yeah. Consoler says the library of basic land puts us back with untapped, so it's sort of have to exile. Yeah, totally. But, Honestly, I don't think that matters. I think the, the fact that you're going to be using this to destroy uh, a Khan Liberated, yeah, or one of their Tron, like, this yeah. card just craps on Tron. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that. Like, it, it, you know, Jund typically doesn't have a very good matchup against Tron. Mm, I do now. Yeah, that's it. Like, I think this gives it just a really good usable tool. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk in like the London control groups that I'm in as well. Like maybe having a shift back towards the sort of the black green build of the deck uh, mm-hmm. you can just play assassin's trophy and then surgical extractions to get rid of whatever the the problem permanent is yeah that, that so you can do this sweet tech. yeah so obviously like one of the decks that uh lantern had did have a bit of trouble with was like valakut decks and now it's like well you just blow up the valakut and surgical it absolutely i think that's that's the thing the fact that this can target lands is like really big game yeah um and i think 
yeah, you, like being able to deal with Tron Lands is great. Being able to deal with Valakut specifically is great. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it, it can replace itself with the basic. But if you're um, target like attacking the non-basic, which has um, value, then that's obviously sweet. Yeah, totally. And then I think this is just yeah, like you said, this is just going to be a staple in legacy. Yeah. I can't see a world where that doesn't that isn't true. Yeah, and even that like the basic land card might not even be relevant in legacy. Like, absolutely. You know, you might. Very rarely are you are you playing against decks that are running like that many basic lands, and then even mm-hmm. if you look at like Death Shadow, which isn't running any basic lands. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, like there are loads of dub decks that aren't playing any basics. Yeah. Uh, Grixis Control is playing like a two. Yeah. Um, to get around the sort of wasteland problem. Yeah. But yeah, most most legacy decks are pretty good green land bases, and like worst case scenario, that's just tackling like an like an underground seal swarm. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to pick up some bayous again. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think uh, Maverick might be playing this card. Yeah, Because there, there are still builds of Maverick that are, that are still Absalom because they're playing Abrupt Decays and Thought Seasons in the sideboard. Yeah. But I think, yeah, this is just a sweet a sweet card and it's going to see play in every format it's going to I, I mean, I can't comment on it. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it says destroy target permanent for two mana at instant speed. Yeah, it's probably quite playable, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, it... You know, blows up a null rod, doesn't it? Yeah, blows up null rod, blows up uh, thorn, blows up uh, trinisphere. I guess. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there's very. I mean, there's. It's. It's probably not going to be like a four of in like every vintage deck or whatever. But I think it's certainly playable in the format. At the very worst, in the in the sideboard. Ooh, blows up Mishra's workshop. Yep, does. And they don't have a basic land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I, yeah. Obviously, this this card's just objectively good, and yep. it would have been we would have been remiss not to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It, it like it. It almost feels strange in a way. Like I don't think they've printed a card this good at rare for a very long time. No, yeah, it, it's kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it is, but I'm surprised it's not a mythic. Yeah, same. Uh, but yeah, this card is going. You're going to see a lot of this card. Yeah, one hundred percent. Awesome. So I guess with that, we should move on to our main topic this week. Mm-hmm. So our main topic of the week, uh, we're just going to cover the Guild of Ravnica mechanics. Yeah. Uh, so each guild has a different mechanic. Uh, we have one returning mechanic, and we've got four brand new mechanics. And they're all pretty exciting. Yeah, they are, definitely. So we're going to jump right in with uh, the Demir and their mechanic, which is a Surveil. So a Surveil is a, is a pretty interesting mechanic. So it reads um, Surveil and then a number, and it's look at the top. So Surveil 1, for example, look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. So it's sort of like a different scry it is yeah and um, i think i think it's better than scry i definitely think it's better than scry uh like i think as far as like standard goes like the you know when are you even gonna get to look at like the cards in the bottom of your library that you sort of scry to the bottom like mm-hmm. i feel like scry is scrying stuff to the bottom is it's hardly ever relevant in standard like especially when we don't really have like shuffle effects and it's not something that wizards want to print a lot yeah um so i think having a mechanic where you can put things in your graveyard is considerably better especially when you have cards that care about your graveyard that care about you know that do things depending on how many cards are in your graveyard like it's certainly a lot better i think and we know with like demir being in like blue and black as well like straight away the first thing that comes to mind for me is like search for a scanner yeah i mean it's just sort of search for a scanner the mechanic right yeah 
but you know you can you can the surveil mechanic like you'll be able to like fuel your search flips like a lot faster. Yeah, be able to flip that into the actual center. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very relevant. Yeah, um, and obviously it appears on both mono blue and mono black cards. Yes, but not just domain cards. So there's gonna be a lot of versatility to them, and I guess we'll we'll sort of we'll get get to them when we get to the next mechanics. But they surveil in particular interacts pretty well with two other mechanics in the set. Yeah, it definitely does. But yeah, I think this is sweet. So we've got um, we've got a few cards that we know of with uh, with this mechanic on and. It just seems it, it seems really well designed. Yeah, um, I like it a lot. So, uh, for example, even if we just take sort of like a look, quite a sort of simple card with it on, we've got Whisper Agent. Uh, it's one and then it's two hybrid mana, so it's blue, black, blue, black. Three, three, two, human rogue, with flash. And when it enters the battlefield, it's the veil one. Mm-hmm. It's like it's nothing really sort of fancy or flashy or anything, but it's just really cool. Like, I think it's going to be a good mechanic for limited. You know, you're, you're constantly sort of you know, looking at the, the top of your deck to find out what's coming next, like is that something you need, is it something you're not uh, it kind of like it's a really good representation of the Demir as a guild I think as well like that kind yeah, of definitely. strategic planning sort of element to it, like the you look at the top card and then you'll either know, you know you'll know a secret because you'll know what's coming next or you can, you can get rid of it to prepare you know, if it's not something that you need maybe you'll find something else on top Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a very domain mechanic, yeah. uh, and I think I think that's what sort of what we all want from a Ravnica set, right? Is to to have the cards really reflect the flavor. Yeah, definitely. And um, this is much better than uh, Cipher. <laughs> yeah. From from the last Ravnica yeah. set. Um, so I'm just I'm, I'm really excited with this. I'm really excited to like see because we've, we've had a few cards with it. Um, like we've got the cow spell with it, yeah, yeah, which is sweet. Our, our sort of uh, our cancel variant for the set, um, and I think that's really sweet. And I'm excited to see where they go, where they go with it for for new cards and what kind of nonsense we're going to get with Surveil on it. Yeah, definitely cool. So next up, uh, we have uh, Jump Start, which is the is it mechanic. So Jump Start is uh, an ability. Yeah, you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a card in addition to paying its other costs. Then exile this card. So flashback, ish. Ish, yeah. So flashback, but you have an additional cost of discarding a card. Yeah, uh, and you can discard another Jump Start card. Yes, totally. Oh, that sweet combo. Yeah. Um, I mean, this yeah, this is obviously one of the mechanics that Surveil works well with. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you get to surveil something and you get to put it into your graveyard and you can jump start it. Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, if you let's say you cast uh, you cast unexplained disappearance, one the blue for an instant, return target creature to its owner's hand, surveil one. So you're going to bounce your opponent's creature and then look at the top card of your library, and on top you've got sonic assault. That's one a blue and a red for an instant. Tap target creature deals two damage to that creature's controller, but then also has jump start. Uh, you you know, you just got rid of the creature uh, that your opponent had on the board there, so you know you don't need that that sonic assault on top. But you know you can also cast it from your graveyard. So you whack it in the bin with uh, with surveil from the unexplained disappearance, and then you draw a fresh new card uh, beginning your next turn. Yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be. That's the, it feels like it's, it's, it's weird because um, surveil seems like a sort of powered up scry. Yeah, especially from the standard point of view. And Jumpstart seems like a powered-down flashback. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but, it, it, you know, it just depends how how relevant that ends up being with the uh, discarding cards. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, we've we've seen, uh, obviously, there are a couple of things that I sort of care about 
graveyards and sand at the moment and then I think one card this is obviously going to play very well with is the, the new Ral Zarek Planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sort of minus three ability uh, deals damage to target creature equal to the number of instant sorcery cards you own in exile and in graveyard. And Jumpstart sort of feels that, feels that for you. It does, absolutely, yeah. Because you discard a card and exile a card. Yeah. Yeah, it's sweet. I, I, I'm also excited to see sort of um, where they go with this as well, like what kind of cards they're going to put it on. Yeah, I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it, I'm not sure, it, given the ones we've had so far, I'm not sure if they're going to do it, but it would be sweet to have sort of cards that said, if you jump started it, do a different effect. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, but we don't have that currently, we just must be like, sort of just cast the spell again. Yeah, but I think we, I think that's what I was hoping for, really. Like, if jump start, if this card was jump started, do this instead mm-hmm. or whatever. We've got we've got some sweet ones. Like I'm I'm really into Chemist's Insight, which is four mana draw two cards. Yeah. And uh, what's the the smaller version? Uh, Radical Idea, which is two mana draw a card. Yeah. Uh, sort of like think twice. Yeah. Uh, and I think just like sweet little cards like that, like Versatile, they'll probably be playable in some kind of mid range or control deck, just as a, like a couple of yeah for decks. sure. Uh, and I, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a really cool design of card. Yeah, I think that's it. With like both Glimmer of Genius and like Hieroglyphic Illumination, like rotating out, like Chemist's Insight mm-hmm. obviously feels that that spot that spot quite nicely. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a just a shame. Like I don't think we'll see it on a counter spell, but I, I would love that. Oh, that'd be so sweet. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Well, we still got you know a fair few spoilers to come. So that's true. That's true. I'll have to see what happens. Keep my fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next up then we've got uh, Golgari's mechanic and that is Undergrowth so yeah. Undergrowth uh, is, uh, it cares about the number of creature cards in your graveyard so it, it does can do a couple of different things um, example of one here, we've got Moodmark Painter it's 2 and 2 black but 2 3 Human Shaman uh, when it ends the battlefield, target creature gains menace and gets plus x plus 0 until end of turn where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Yeah, so it does stuff based on the number of creature cards in your graveyard. It, does, it often yeah. does uh, do X, where X is the number of creature cards. Um, this is sweet, again, another mechanic that works well with Surveil. Yeah. Because you can ditch creature cards to power your undergrowth cards. Um, I don't know, this feels, this feels strange. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's obviously very, very Golgari, because it's uh, you know, dealing with uh, creature cards in your graveyard specifically. Um but I'm not sure how powerful any of these cards can get. Yeah, same. Because uh, we've had um, Necrotic Wound. Yeah. Which I think is the most powerful version we've seen so far, which is uh, a single black for an instant where type creature gets minus X, minus X for the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Um, but that sort of that sort of seems as powerful as it can get. It seems like it's quite quite a low ceiling on Undergrowth as a mechanic. Yeah, I, I agree there. I think that's probably might even end up being like the best undergrowth card like once everything's all said and done to be honest like that so if you're playing like an undergrowth deck like you're going to be sort of building or brewing that deck around like putting creatures in your graveyard mm-hmm. and yeah I think obviously the ceiling on necrotic wound is, is quite high but I don't think the ceiling on the mechanic itself is particularly high like there's certainly like fairly interesting things you could do with it like you know, like when this creature dies, like draw a card for, you know, draw X cards for X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard or something like that could be a thing. Probably too mm-hmm. powerful, but like that, that could be a thing. Um, you know, you know, X amount of creatures get minus one, minus one to end a turn when this creature enters the battlefield. 
I think there's, there's there's plenty of things you can do with it, but I don't think that uh, mechanic you know has has that much much reach to be honest. Yeah, I think because we've had uh, we've got Azoni as well, yeah. which is one of the legendary creatures where you, you make a one-one for each creature yeah. in the graveyard, um, which is sort of fine. It's quite boring, <laughs> yeah. Just as a mechanic, um, and I'm not really sure. So out, out, outside of you know surveil, I'm not sure we've currently got the the cards to sort of power that kind of mechanic. Yeah, this I is mean, the kind of thing we want to build around. Yeah, I mean you've got things like you know like Stitcher Supplier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got like, yeah. I mean, just when your creatures die, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think we've really seen a whole lot yet. Last thing, because it seems like um, surveil and to a lesser extent jump start just seem like they're cards you put in your deck anyway. Yeah, and you don't really have to care. The mechanic is just sort of a good part of the text of the card. Yeah. Whereas undergrowth feels like the kind of mechanic that you have to build your deck in order to abuse. Yeah, agreed. Which is. Sort of a shame. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, we'll have to see. I could be completely wrong, and there could be like a self mill deck that's completely busted, but I'm uh, skeptical currently, I think. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I am a, a bit underwhelmed with that mechanic, but, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see. Speaking of underwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, up next we have uh, the Boros mechanic, which is Mentor, uh, which is. Uh, whenever this creature attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on target attacking creature with lesser power. So, sort of like a retooled battle cry. Yeah, kind of. it's only one creature. Or oh, uh, I think Outlast was the mechanic from Khan's. I get compared to a bit as well. Oh god, that that. Oh, bolster, was... bolster, sorry, not Outlast. Oh sure, yeah. Outlast was a travesty. Yeah, um, Outlast. Was yeah, fun. yeah, bolster. Yeah. Yeah, bolster. But it's, yeah, it's sort of bolster, but on attack. Yeah. Um, which is sort of why it's a bit boring. It's not. It's just not that inspired. I don't know. Yeah, um, like I, I don't think it's a particularly bad mechanic. Like I think it's probably the worst mechanic of them for constructed. But I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. good mechanic for limited. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's the thing with this mechanic. I think I think there are two sweet applications. Like I think in limited, it's going to be great. Yeah. Because it just it just adds so extra power. Um, and all the cards I've seen so far, some of the cards kind of cards I'd be really excited to draft. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, the sort of the best card I've seen with Mentor so far, yeah. which is uh, Legion Warboss. Yes, definitely. That card is very good. I like it a lot. I think if you know if, if goblins are going to be a deck, then this is going to be one of the key components to that deck. Absolutely, uh, it's sort of you know reminiscent of like Goblin Rival Master. Like that's kind of like the easy comparison with the card. Mm-hmm. It's two in a red for a two-two. It's a Goblin Soldier. It has Mentor. Whenever it attacks, put a plus one plus one counter target attacking creature with lesser power. And then at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a one one red goblin creature token. That token gains haste at the end of turn and attacks this combat if able. Yeah, so it's very very similar to Goblin uh, Goblin Rebel Master. It is. I, I think I think it's a worse Goblin Rebel Master, but I'm not sure if that's true. I I, I think it is. Like so, the thing with the thing with Rebel Master is it attacked for loads. <laughs> <laughs> the number, the numbers on this card, assuming they don't have a removal spell for your goblins or whatever, yeah. um, is the numbers are about the same. Yeah, you think so? So yeah, so this attacks for. So by the time Warboss is attacking, yeah, it attacks for four, then six, then eight. Yeah. Whereas Rabbit Master attacked for uh, three, then five, and seven. Yeah. 
So, I mean, the numbers are about the same. True. Um, the fact that you don't have to send it, so it's just the one goblin gains haste and has to attack, whereas uh, Goblin Grandmaster, all your goblins had to attack, uh, including other copies around Boston. Yeah, um, that is true. But it just sort of meant that you couldn't build up your defences, so you had to just sort of swing your goblins and you just make it, you'd, you'd go to combat and then just put, just not even get the token because you knew it was yep. going to get chump blocked. Yeah. Um, so just being able to just build up, build up some goblins is sweet, so I think that's, that's something in, in uh, the card's favour, and the fact that it's a permanent buff, like making two twos or more ones is actually sweet. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I, I do I do think it's a good card, like, don't get me wrong, like, I, I do like it a lot, mm-hmm. but I, I just, yeah, I just don't see it being quite as good as Ravel, as Ravel Master. I think it, it packs a similar punch, and I mean, it's just as vulnerable as Ravel Master, because Ravel yeah. Master was still an X2. Yeah, sure. So even this, this attacks as a two-two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, like I mean, we're getting a steady stream of goblins in stand at the moment. Yeah. I think um, by, the, by the time we get to the end of this, this I mean, it's not a block, but you know what I mean. Like by the time we're in the set, we're probably going to have a pretty sweet uh, goblin attack. Yeah, I mean, I think we're there already, to be honest. Like yeah, probably. between this and like like if you have this in play and then like a trash master in play, so the mm. goblin you make is a two-two and then it's attacking, so then it becomes a. Uh, oh, it doesn't become a 3-3, three, three, does it? Because it's mentors with lesser power, and it'll be the same power as Legion Warboss. Not if the trap is in play, because it'll make the Warboss a 3-3, three, three, right? That is correct, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so, you, so you're, <laughs> yeah. you're just pumping out 3-3s, three, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay, and sure. then obviously you've got, like, Siege Gang Commander as your, your, your top of your curve at 5 mana. Yeah, it just becomes like a, a sweet mid-range red deck that yeah. happens to focus heavily on goblins. Um, and then, you, yeah, you've got the 2-drop goblin that makes 2... One one goblins. Um, I think I think there's there's definitely a deck there. Like whether or not it'll be good enough is a like, completely different question. But I think the deck is quite clearly there. Like even if it's just like a twenty creatures, twenty spells, twenty lands deck. I mean that sounds sweet. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Chamber is a good card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that is one of the problems with this, the war boss as well. <laughs> the uh, is going to eat the tokens you don't attack uh, that you don't attack with. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but I know it's not, I suppose, because if they're attacking, mm, yeah, if they're yeah. if they're attacking and they get through and you just build them up, they're going to eat it. But yeah, this card's sweet, um, and I think Mentor is good for constructed on this specific card currently. Yeah, I can't see them doing much better than that. I think this is sort of the best way um, for Mentor to be implemented. Yeah, I agree there. A constructed card, but it's going to be sweet for Mentor. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, same. Sweet. Cool. So last but not least. Uh, that brings us to uh, Selesnia and their mm-hmm. mechanic, Convoke. Couldn't even yeah. give them a brand new mechanic, could they? It's because they've already done the best one. Uh, mm. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Convoke is a sweet mechanic that has been proven to be very good and very playable and constructed. Yeah, that is true. And sweet in uh, and sweet and limited. Yeah. Do you remember Stoke the Flame? I do. That's. I think that's why I'm a little bit disappointed that Slesnir have got Convoke, because that means they're not going to reprint Stoke the Flames in the next couple of sets. Yeah, but, you know, that, no, that was a deviation. That was a, that was a betrayal of the, uh, the Slesnir Conclave. <laughs> giving, it to, giving it to Red in the uh, sure, sure. Um Yeah, this, this, I mean, this is great. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping we get a Court of Calling reprint. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that would be really cool, actually. I'd, uh, I'd love a Court of Calling in standard again. Yeah. That was really cool the first time around. Um, I mean, we 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 know this guy. We we know this mechanic's good, right? Yeah, totally. So for those who Probably. don't know, Convoke, it's uh, 
Uh, convoke, your creatures can help cast a spell. Each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for one or mana of that creature's colour. Yep, so obviously we've already talked about March of Multitudes. Yes. Which is uh, probably going to be the best convert card we get. Probably, yeah. Uh, and we've, oh, we've had the, uh, the big worm that was spoiled ages ago. Yeah. The first spoiler. The, uh, the buyer box promo card for the set. Yeah. The impervious Imper- Great Worm. Impervious Great Worm. So it's 7 3 green for a 16 16 indestructible worm with Convoke. Woohoo! It's, uh, this is a stupid card. Yeah, I mean, it's no Nexus of Fate. Oh, it's not good, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't have evasion, it's just going to get trump blocked all day. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, it should have had trample, really, shouldn't it? I think, yeah. I think it would have to cost more than 10 mana then, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. 1660 trump. <laughs> <laughs> that seems reasonably obnoxious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sweet. It's just like you play it and you play convert cards and creature decks where you're just, you just play creatures anyway, and then they become uh, birds of paradise or Lanorod. Yeah. And you get a custom. And I mean, Cord Calling has objectively proved its um, its salt in in modern. Yeah. As a very very playable card um, in all sorts of decks, but oh, mainly mainly, mainly creature combat decks. Yeah. Um, sure. It's also been the standard, um, and I'm really excited to see to see what cards we get with uh, with Convoke. I'm hoping for like a couple of reprints of Convoke cards. Yeah, I hope so. But I'm not sure whether they're going to be doing that because it's returning mechanic. So I'm not sure whether they're just going to do all new cards. Yeah. Or whether we're going to get um, some sweet reprints. Yeah, like yeah. I, I would I would like to see Quarter Calling. I, th- I think uh, I think that will probably be fine for standard at the moment, and it's Absolutely. always a good card to reprint. Yeah, I mean it's it's getting up there. It's like. Ten, twelve dollars currently. Yeah, about that I think. Which is annoying because I only have four, and I need four for one mm. and several for my green commander deck. <laughs> so I, I need more. But um, yeah, I mean it's, it's also just a sweet mechanic limited. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so I'm just, I'm, I'm excited that it's back. I think yeah. it's, uh, it's probably going to be a lot better to populate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so definitely. Yeah, I mean these these mechanics on the whole just seem. Better than uh, the Return to Ravnica mechanics. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, like I, I, I definitely enjoyed some of the mechanics in Return to Ravnica. Like I thought, like, um, like Unleash was really cool. Like I really liked Unleash. I hope that comes back, Arachnos. Yeah, I think that that sounds like the kind of thing that they would would redo. Yeah, I think if, if we do get a sort of redone mechanic, I hope it is one of the Arachnos mechanics, like either Hellbent or Unleash. Yeah, I, I did really enjoy Detain as well. I thought that was like a, a reasonable mechanic. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, sh- a shame that like we're probably not going to get that back either. I think we might do. You never know. Yeah, we could do. Because um, we've still got the rest of the five guilds to know. And the, fa- the fact that only one out of five of the first lot of guilds has been a returning mechanic yeah. means that we might get like maybe five of them are returning mechanics. So we might get five returning mechanics, me- mechanics and one new one in the... With the new, with the next guilds, hmm, maybe yeah. Oh, we don't know. This is all wild speculation, <laughs> <laughs> just baseless speculation, which is normally what this podcast consists. Yeah, of. for sure. <laughs> uh, another cool thing that we are getting back as well is split cards. Yeah. So return to Ravnica means return to split cards. Uh, so we get uh, this time they've sort of changed the way they've done split cards a bit. Uh, they have one of the cards as a hybrid. Uh, and it's multicolored half, and then the other one is your sort of traditional multicolor gold half as well. Mm-hmm. Can we just briefly talk about the, the the templating of these cards? Yes, please. Jesus Christ, what the hell have they done? Uh, Why? Because they've reprinted, they've uh, reprinted split cards in New Borders. Yeah. Like they reprinted, uh, I think it was Fire Ice. 
or maybe dead gone. They were painted with the, with the new sort of front M15 borders with the yeah. black bar at the, bar at the bottom, and they put they put the black bar, black bar on the side, like they put it at the bottom to kind of keep it all encapsulated. But for some reason, so obviously the two cards are horizontal. Yeah. And then they put the black bar on the bottom of a normal card. Yeah. It looks horrendous. <laughs> it looks. I mean, this coming off of the aftermath cards. Jeez. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Like I feel like the. They've had a lot of lessons to sort of learn with templating, and I think they've kind of just ignored them. Um, yeah, they're, they're not they're not fantastic. Ugh, sorry, I just had to get that in there. Also, going to suffer from that problem again of like when someone opens one in the draft and turn the pack <laughs> sideways instantly. Like, <laughs> it's like I think I know what they have. Yeah. Um, also, what's the connecting word? Uh, I. I don't know this time, to be honest. Because um, we've had, like, ands, we've had, like, fire and ice. Yeah. Uh, wear and tear. Yeah. And then, like, uh, cut I've, to ribbons. Yeah, so I, th- I think with, like, obviously the Armanket ones, it was it was two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the past, all of the Ravnica ones have always been and. You know, like, breaking and entering, mm-hmm. uh, fire and ice. But, yeah, this time I'm a little bit unsure, like... Find and finality, response yeah. and resurgence, status and statue. Yeah, they're not really sort of like phrases. Yeah, which is sort of annoying because I think that was one of the sort of part of the beauty of uh, of, sp- of split cards. Yeah, uh, and one of the sort of the sort of the nice little flavorful things they could do with it. Whereas now it's just sort of like just two cards in one you can cast, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They don't. They don't have. Uh, they don't have fuse this time around either. No, they don't. know. Um, which I guess is cool, but it, it seems a little bit too close to aftermath. Yeah. So, because there's sort of this one half you cast in the early game, and there's one half you cast in the late game. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about the cards that we've the split cards that we've seen so far? Um, they seem split cards always seem underpowered to me. Yeah. Um, and they sort of have to prove themselves. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to turn my laptop around to read this one. <laughs> so. Like we have uh, response and resurgence. Yeah. So response is uh, hybrid red white, hybrid red white for an instant. Uh, it does five damage to target attacking or blocking creature. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, and then the other half is resurgence, which is three red white for a sorcery the creature you control gain first strike and vigilance until the end of turn. After this main phase, there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. <laughs> uh, I mean, they seem a little bit. They don't seem well matched together. I'm yeah. not really sure. She yeah. was like, oh, this is a Boris thing, let's put it on this. Yeah, I think, like, status and statue is probably the, the best one so far. Like, you know, one black or green uh, target creature gets plus one, plus one, gains death touch lender turn. Mm-hmm. Or statue, uh, two black, green, instant destroy target, artifact creature, or enchantment. Yeah, I think that was really sweet. Yeah. I that instant is sweet. Yeah, that one definitely seems like was playable as well um, yeah I think this is the card I want to open most in draft yeah <laughs> I think the uh, the the initial worry with this one I saw was like yeah sure it is it's, it's, like it would never happen and it's probably just you know it's just a meme but you cast Goblin Chain Whirler with the ability on the stack you cast Stasis Status give him Goblin Chain Whirler plus one plus one <laughs> Death Touch Lender Turn <laughs> That's sweet. That's really good. <laughs> oh, someone's someone's going to do that at some point, right? Yeah, they're going to. Because you just have to be in like a red green or a red black deck, right? Yeah, it's not like there's a red black deck that already exists or something. You know? No, ex- yeah. exactly. I mean, it's probably not going to exist no. much anymore. No. But yeah, like that's uh, 
that's reasonably, reasonably filthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the other half is just like a serviceable removal spell. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's why sort of you see both halves sort of be a little bit overcasted normally. Yeah, for sure. Because of the versatility. Um, I think they're going to be they're going to be cool. Yeah, I do. I do like them. Um, I'm glad they're back. I'm really glad Hybrid Manor's back. I think that's going to be a lot. Uh, you know, it's going to make things a lot easier as far as like mana bases go. Mm-hmm. Uh, like where, you know, two color decks are definitely going to be a thing. Three color decks are probably going to be a thing as well. Yeah, especially with the like the absurd mana we're going to have by the end of yeah. the day. Yeah, I think like I think that's I think Hybrid Manor is my second favorite Ravnica mechanic. Yeah, I think so. Um, my favourite is definitely just absurd amount of pips in mana costs. <laughs> not not dredge. <laughs> not not dredge. No, no. We, won't, we won't talk about dredge. No. no. Um, but like like the new Niv Mizzet. Yeah. Which is three blue and three red. <laughs> it's such a sweet mana cost. Um, I feel like nobody is ever going to cast that card ever. Yeah, they are. They're called commander players. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm going to cast the crap out of that card. Um, yeah, no, yeah, that's probably going to be uncastable in a constructed or limited format. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's it's nice to see that they're sort of just doing the the radical things we all wanted them to do. Yeah, definitely. Like we wanted shark lands, we got them. We wanted uh, hybrid mana, we got it. Like split cards, we got them as well. It all feels very very radical. Yeah. Which is sweet because this really could have been a miss. But um, so far, I think we've, we've got like we've got a sort of the power spell in Assassin's Trophy. We've got the reprints we wanted in the Shocklands. I mean, we're not even like all the way. We're, we're nowhere near halfway through the, the spoiler season yet. Oh yeah, no, no any. Um, and it seems like the limited format's already going to be pretty cool with the mechanics. Yeah. Um, we've got Guild Gates. We do. Everyone loves a, everyone loves a Guild Gate. Yeah, Guild Gates are great. I'm quite interested by the fact that the, the Guild leaders are rares and not mythics in this set. Yeah, that's pretty so, interesting. Yeah, so Yamara is a rare, and Niv Mizzet is also a rare. Yeah. Uh, are we assuming that Izoni is the guild leader? I would assume so. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to kind of like assume that if uh, if Raska isn't the Golgari leader already, I think she will be fairly soon. Just comes back and sort of steals power. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I'm really excited for Nebraska. Yeah. Really excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like uh, like with some of the other sets we've had recently, like this world, both the Planeswalkers or all of the Planeswalkers, like fairly early on, but they mm-hmm. seem to kind of be holding out on this Vraska for a while. So yeah, I, which think, I think she's really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's 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 going to be sweet to sort of see Vraska after we know a little bit more about her from Mixlar. Yeah, we sort of got more of a, an insight into her personality and into her storyline. Yeah, so it's it's going to be sweet because like before she was just sort of like weird Gorgon lady. Yeah. But sort of, but it, you know, knowing like her feelings towards the Azorius and Azor in, in general, like just her feelings towards the the guilds, is really cool. Um, there's also two more two more cards I, I want to talk about. Sure. Uh, that we've seen the spoilers for. So we have Chromatic Lantern. Yeah, there we go. It's a sweet reprint. Yeah. Um, really bad to stable. Like, yeah, like wasn't wasn't expecting it, and it's like getting really expensive at this point. Yeah. Um, even though it had a reprint in one of the commander decks, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's a really sweet reprint and obviously very Ravnica. Um and we also have the best card name ever. <laughs> which is Hypothesis of Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> which is sweet because you know it's because you, you it, it draws two cards, uh, and then if you discard a card, 
uh, it does full damage. So hypothesis and sizzle does damage. That's great. But it also yeah. it also just sounds like a Snoop Dogg. Which, <laughs> <I> is, <laughs> which is very very stupid. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's just really strange. Oh, also we got Goblin Electromancer reprint. Yeah. No one expected that. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I, hmm, I don't think it's going to be a thing. But if it is a thing, like obviously we've got Electromancer, we've got Gutter Snipe, uh, you know, maybe maybe we've got a blue red spells deck with like Ral as being your sort of finisher in that deck. Mm-hmm. And don't... we've got the, the enchantment, right? Flyman's research. Yes. Which does some nonsense. Yeah. Uh, sorceries. Yeah. Yeah. That's really we'll see. I I don't think it's going to be quite good enough to, you know, be anything other than like an FNM deck. But you know, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, I think even though we've had what like fifty cards spoiled so far. Yeah, about that. I think I'm already so excited about the set. Yeah, I it just, looks fantastic. I think, I think it's it's checked so many boxes already, and we haven't even had the full spoiler. Yeah. Um, just like this, there's cool cards. There's uh, cool reprints. Just uh, cool flavor. I just think it's great. Yeah, bring on the pre-release. Yeah, maybe I'll actually do this pre-release. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> considering I never do pre-release. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, do us totally do us because you know I normally don't like to do stuff all weekends because I work all week. Yeah, and then but I can't really do the midnight pre-release because I have to work at like six o'clock on Saturday mornings. Yeah, but uh, maybe I'll make an exception this time because Ravnica is so sweet. Yeah, go for it. And maybe I decide to leave my house once. <laughs> <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about from from uh, Guilds of Ravnica? Uh, no. So I think that's about all we have time for this week. Uh, if you do want to hit us up on social media, yeah, get in touch. Tell us that our opinions are wrong. Like, are we just bad at evaluating cards? Yes. Uh, like, <laughs> do you disagree with evaluation and the mechanics? Like, what are your thoughts on Ravnica? Like, who's your favorite guild? Is it going to be awesome? I think it is. Uh, hit us up at our usual places. So we are uh, facebook.com/hfdcast, or we are at hfdcast on Twitter. Uh, you can hit me up on my post- personal Facebook. It's just Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any of the MTG groups. Uh, or on Twitter, that is at PeachGardenO, and that's O for Finna. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Snail69. Nice. Hey. Uh, or you can just like, find me on Facebook at Samnail, but I have sort of left most of the MTG UK groups just for, <laughs> for, my, own, for my own personal reasons. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, you'll, you will have to find someone else to argue with <laughs> <laughs> and to be annoyed by. Uh, but I mean, yeah, if you like, just send me a message on Facebook. That that's fine. I yeah, like talk about magic. I talk about magic with anyone. Talk about Ravnica, definitely. Sweet. Yeah, I would definitely do that. So uh, once again, we are approaching the second hour. The Godbearer has returned. We'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. <laughs> <laughs>